I'm Kim. I'm Megs. Welcome to the At Woods End podcast. <laughs> We're recording. <laughs> Kittens can be real assholes. <laughs> Why are we here? What have I done? Who am I? <laughs> Who am I? You're <laughs> just sitting here staring at the wall. If I don't wake up <laughs> with jet lag, am I really living? She's insightful. I don't know, is that even a word? Welcome back to the Atwoods End podcast. I'm Megs. And I'm Kim. This is episode 45, Gifty Thrifty Girls. This is going to be our second last episode of season two before we take our annual season break before coming back with season three in the new year, which just feels wild to think about. I know. The fact that we've consistently done this for like two years, it still feels kind of new to me in like a weird way, which is interesting <laughs> that like it's not new, but I like feel like we started this yesterday and then it's crazy to think we're like going into our third year. That's tomorrow. so funny and that then, you think like, that because at this point I'm ready to teach a master class on podcasting because <laughs> I feel like I've been doing this for a hundred years but I also edit yeah. so like I listen to it more and deal with it a little bit more yeah I was gonna say I think you're a bit more like involved in the like process than me yeah in the physical and, like, I just feel like yeah I'm more you show up the, and like, are the star yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's an overstatement but like, I just it's been really interesting like things have also just been interesting like being here in New Zealand and like attempting to figure out our dates and times and like we just five minutes ago we're like are you ready and we're like wait I thought it was four and it's three and that's like which it's is been interesting to manage but exactly um, yeah yeah but not not too bad I think it's kind of nice on my end I kind of like recording in the mornings and I just now it into my work day which is kind of nice that it's not like an after hours thing it's now just like part of my day yeah no that's so funny because for me it's like after work is done and I feel almost better doing that because we have like a sweet niche of when we can record together where it makes sense where neither of us are sleeping and both are actually awake and it's a good thing too because is it official are you going back in the new year after the holidays Yes, I think it's official. As as official it can be without having booked a plane ticket yet, but I'm like 99% certain I'll be returning to New Zealand at the end of January to just like finish out the summer months here. It's been like a few weeks of thinking and a lot of overthinking on my end, but I'm fairly certain I knew from my first week in Wellington that this time that I had booked here wasn't going to be enough time to finish out my like New Zealand chapter. Yeah. And even now as I like I'm preparing to come home for the holidays next week. I feel pretty confidently that it's a see you soon kind of goodbye. Like I, I feel pretty good that I've made that decision now and can kind of relax my brain from overanalyzing all the pros and cons of taking this opportunity. <laughs> no, it's but amazing. Like, Plus, yeah, for anybody who thinks that Kim is going a little bonkers, it is summer or just starting to be summer. Their seasons are flipped from us. So like in New yeah. Zealand and Australia during Christmas time, it's like full blown summer, which is just like wild to think it's about. like it's just starting to get into their peak weather here so like it's been I felt like this has felt like summer this month and this is just their spring and then it's gonna get even, even nicer hotter. and like yeah. peak is like February March I don't know this trip has taught me a lot about how lucky I am also just to be totally mobile with my work and like it was something that I hadn't really tested the waters on before and it's been completely seamless on my end which almost makes it seem even sillier not to take this opportunity while I have you know no rent to pay in Toronto and I'm kind of like besides my family and friends that obviously I have such close ties to there aren't those like 
logistical ties at the moment that are you're not currently me. married as to my yeah, knowledge yeah yeah and I have and I have I have a friend here who has the space for me to stay so it's not even like even finding a place to stay isn't a thing I have to contend with it just makes a lot of sense and I, I'll be able to see more of New Zealand some of the South Island which I didn't get to see at all on this trip and like perhaps a bit of Australia in the spring and just like entirely skip Canadian winter which is really the part that I'm the most pumped about that's I'm such a Canadian winter girl only if it's snowing though like I don't like when it's just like cold gray oh, and wet but I love snow yeah. so anyway I love snow up until Christmas so I feel like I'm getting that peak like I'm gonna be home for the period of snow and cold that I love and then right. when, I, it, when it starts to become old news to me I can return to like yeah peak summer weather and like take more surfing lessons and just like living your you know, best life live my life until <laughs> until the weather starts warming up in Canada and then when it gets starts getting colder here I'll just flip and come back to Canada oh there you I'm go sorted. she's got it figured yeah. out ladies and gents okay so let's get <laughs> into our episode so today we're going to be talking about the season of what gifting so as much as I think there is a movement away from commercialism the gifting aspect of the holiday season is just so prevalent and we're going to be covering how we feel about certain gifting traditions, what a good gift entails, how we are both very passionate about finding the right gift, and why white elephant gift exchanges are the absolute worst. And Kim, you're going to absolutely die when you hear about the etymology behind it. I was... I was snorting. Oh, I can't wait. White elephants are the bane of my holiday existence. <laughs> and I will never, and hold me to this, ever host a holiday gathering where that is the type of gift exchange going on. <laughs> like, I do agree, though, that the holidays are, like, obviously, obviously they're super commercialized. Like, gifting really, I think, takes too much of a focus sometimes this time of year. But, like, I do think there are ways of stepping away from the like buy a gift just for the sake of getting a gift for someone sentiment of the season and actually like gifting a bit more intentionally. It's interesting because I I am working with a new client and this has been my first week actually working with them and I, I wrote a blog post for them on Monday on thrifted and secondhand gift ideas for the holidays and it kind of got me reflecting on that like mindset of just how simple gift giving can really be while still making a big impact. It's just about how much thought you want to put into it. I think sometimes when we talk about super commercialized gifting, it's almost like there's a bit of like a half-assed effort that goes into that and sometimes if you take the time to like be a bit more creative you can actually be like better for the planet give a better gift that has more thought behind it and also save money in the process like I think almost the you you pay a premium price to not have to put as much thought into a gift you know exactly and yeah and and I think for us at least like gift giving isn't just black and white it's for many people unfortunately it's just they go, they grab something, they're like, throw up a gift guide and, and they just pull something off of that and then boom, that's that's the gift, right? But it doesn't necessarily have to be something that you buy and I really want to focus that on that today is like expanding past just the buying because, you know, we all know gifts are my love language, both giving and receiving and Kim, you always give the most thoughtful and useful and fun gifts so that checks you off. I don't even know if you love it, but it seems like you love it based on how... <laughs> How good you do it. <laughs> How do you feel about receiving gifts in general overall? Mm. I do. Okay, I do love receiving gifts. Like, I mean, I think we all love receiving gifts to some extent. I've never come across a person who's like, oh, God, I hate it when people buy something lovely for me. Like, <laughs> I just, that's like not, 
I think we're all are inclined to be like that's like a thoughtful thing and we appreciate gift giving um, unless you're like a monster but like <laughs> actually you I know think- what the only exception I think to that rule is if you're like super 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 wealthy and when people buy you stuff like they need to either get so creative because you have everything and more it makes me think of a wedding you know Penny from the Big Bang Theory Kaylee Cuoco yeah when she married her husband I don't know if they're still married but um which his last name is Cook her last name's Cuoco and in Italian that's like a derivative of Cook so I thought that was so funny Carl Cook and Kaylee Cuoco it's they basically already have the same last name but i know at their wedding they're like really into animals they had people donate to animal like things to animal shelters like food and beds and toys rather than getting gifts so i think that's maybe the only exception of somebody being like please (laughs) no more stuff yeah (laughs) but yes i went to a wedding in the summer actually where that was the that was the gifting request there was three charities you could choose from and they they requested no gifts or monetary donations like to them they just wanted donations to charity and if you were like comfortable to write in the card how much you had donated to the charity they wanted to like find out what their totals were but it was entirely charitable oh that's nice yeah yeah but yeah for everybody else (laughs) yeah for us regular people yeah i think for me the part of gift giving that like impacts me or like touches on my love languages the most is like the thought that someone puts behind a gift to like truly think about me and what I would like and like whether the thing they bought me reminded them of me or you know like all of those things so I guess my answer and like I'm like conscious to preface this with I'm never ungrateful for a gift that like someone gives me is that I love gifts when I can feel the time and thought someone put behind it and I think that the gifts some people give sometimes just for the sake of feeling obligated to gift have a lesser impact on me emotionally, but that doesn't mean I still don't love and appreciate the effort. I just think like that also transfers to how I gift. Like I put a lot of pressure on myself to find the perfect thing for someone. <laughs> we need to do better. Me, yeah, like I try to taught myself every year and eventually we're going to hit like a, a ceiling that Here's I, can't, a Rolls I Royce. can't possibly top. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, the joy of gifting someone something is like knowing that you found something so perfect that they didn't even know existed but they're gonna love and like the gifting just to gift isn't really rewarding to me and on the flip side when I feel that someone is gifting me something just because they were obligated they felt obligated to gift me something (laughs) also isn't as rewarding even though it's appreciated I don't know if that makes sense I do love all my gifts. It People, totally. Never given me a yeah. Gift. <laughs> no, no, it totally makes sense. As like, I can really feel that it's my love language because I can't say, regardless of the gift, I got something. <laughs> like that's how that's my yeah. mentality for it. And it can be something as small as someone being like, I know you drink. This is how everybody knows how I drink my steep tea. Steep tea from Tim Hortons, two sugars, two milk. That's and it has to be a large. I've gone to apparently. I think that they use the same like two sugars, two milks in Tim Hortons. So if anybody is a Tim Hortons employee or has worked at Tim Hortons and can verify whether or not this is true or not, I think that they just use the same amount for each two milk, two sugars. It's just like a button and it just dispenses, which yeah, means for sure. Yeah, that the it's milk, not proportionate yeah, to, to the size of the drink. Yeah. So one time my sister brought yeah. me a medium and I was like so close. Maybe that was the only gift where I was like, it's specifically a large <laughs> because it's too <laughs> sweet. 
<laughs> but yeah yeah, yeah I, two sugars in a medium tea is is too much sweet. but in a large yeah. it's, it's that perfect amount and so something even as small as that or people who are just crazy generous and and really spoil me i just love all gifts i cannot that is just you know which also makes me so sad that i didn't end up having like a bridal shower proper baby shower because yeah, i think really of all those a lot of the like gifts yeah (laughs) which i'm not materialistic it's just a love language no it's just the like i think that there is though when when gifting is your love language it's about the fact that someone even like thought of you in that regard at all like i think that the the thing that taps into someone's love language with gifting is that it's like you were out the shopping almost doing something Yeah, yeah you either put the time into it or you were shopping and you saw something and you said oh, this is this person. Like, I need to get this for them. And you, like, picked that out for them specifically. And it's, like, the thought, the thought fact that you were thinking of someone yeah. that's rewarding. And the more you can tap into that, who that person really is when you're doing that, I think the more rewarding it becomes for, like, people who it, that's not their core love language. That, but for some people, mm-hmm. it's, like, almost easier to hit that. While yeah. other people kind of struggle with it. Yeah, because, like, for me... But my husband, like, Tilo has said that I'm kind of hard to shop for, that that's a complaint that's gone around. And I'm like, why? Go into HomeSense, go into Zara, go into Ikea, go on Amazon, pick literally anything. And I'll be like, oh, my God, totally. Like, I for my birthday, I wanted an ice cube tray. And nobody wanted to get me this specific ice cube tray. It was, like, $14 on Amazon. I had to buy it for myself. And I was like, thanks for all the presents, guys. But, you know, I really wanted this ice cube tray. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, anyways... Well, yeah sorry yeah I don't I don't think I was just gonna say I don't think you're hard to shop for at all but then literally the other day I was shopping with my friend here and we were like walking through some of just like the cute little stores in Wellington and I was like listing off people I still had to do Christmas shopping for and I was like well, it was my friend Maggie, but like I basically just shop like I'm shopping for myself. Yeah. And we just like the same things. So she's really easy to shop for because I'm just like, what would I like? Yeah. <laughs> Which this goes back. Did I tell the story about your alarm clock that I bought you that you then bought yourself? For Kim's... Oh, we might have... I don't yeah. know if we mentioned it, but this past birthday in June for Kim's birthday, I had bought her an alarm clock. And it had come in and it was like I was seeing her just after her birthday a week before her birthday, she's like, look at this amazing new alarm clock I got. And I was like, Duh. <laughs> so, I was like, what are the chances that you... Yeah, but that was a very strange thing because it wasn't like, it was like a, a something that I was like actively like, oh my God, I really need an alarm clock. It was just something that was like very back burner. Like I yeah, need it. And that's then what I, I saw like gift. a random Instagram reel with some girl and I was like, I need that alarm clock and like literally ran the weirdest Google searches to try and find it and found it at like, like pottery barn or something like that. Yeah. No, I just, yeah. gifts are great. Okay, so this holiday season, Kim and I both celebrate Christmas, but of course there are many celebrations in different cultures and religions that incorporate gift exchanges during this time of year. So my question is, what kind of gift exchanges do you normally participate in? Like, what does your family do, slash group of friends, slash co- well, I guess no co-workers for us, but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, my coworker gets me like a yeah. I get like like an employee of the year award every year. Um, I, sometimes I do do that during the holiday season. I'm like, this what can I? Me. I like I justify a purchase to myself, and I'm like, this is from corporate. Like this is this is the from the like higher ups to say thank you for doing a great job this year. Um, you sit in a wrong bag. Yeah, 
Yeah, literally. Um, but honestly, like, not a lot on my end. Like, I personally, I gift to my parents and my brother on Christmas morning. But otherwise, like, my family doesn't really do a big family-wide gift exchange. They used to. Like, the at, when we were kids, the adults on both sides of my family would do, like, little secret Santas. And kind of everyone would get something. But we kind of stopped that a few years ago. And just kind of made it. Sometimes, like, like our relatives will kind of, like, gift to my brother. And I still sometimes, which I think is, we're kind of like, well, we're, we're adults. Like, you don't need to do that as, as much as it's appreciated. But I think it's because we're the only kids in my family. Like, I don't really have cousins and stuff. So, like. Right. Okay. We're, like, very much the only, quote, unquote, kids that exist in this like yeah family kim will be in her 40s dynamic. and <laughs> her so great age <laughs> here's a yeah. carafe yeah yeah but like yeah so my fa- yeah my family doesn't do like a ton of gifting just kind of like the immediate family on christmas morning the four of us will like be together and gift and then in terms of friends i only gift to you actually and that's what? kind of like i feel like our yeah that's kind of our own little tradition but you're actually the only friend that i get a christmas <gasps> gift for oh my gosh that's um, a present in and itself ha <laughs> yeah, rest of Kim's yeah it's, it's an exclusive <laughs> it's an exclusive thing how do you but feel yeah, about that anthony you. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and like some years i've had like big holiday parties with friends where we've done like a secret santa type exchange but you know those ones that are usually filled with like liquor and gift cards but like (laughs) it's been years since i've done one of them just because of like the pandemic and like i think we also just kind of did away with it because it was like not it wasn't what was important to us about getting together it was just about the time but yeah what about you like what are your gifting traditions so with friends it depends on who i'm seeing so usually by this time like all my plans are set for the month of December just because we usually have family coming in or flying out or et cetera, et cetera. So we have to kind of have a general idea of like what we're doing. And then we have a couple birthdays in December, which also complicates things. So for when I'm seeing friends, then I usually have some sort of little gift for them, but it's gifts that I'll be buying throughout the year. So I find that like part of your Christmas gift was acquired in October or like a friend of mine's, Mm -hmm. I got it in the summer. And so it's not really like Christmas centralized it's more That's like better though then you're not stressing yeah I love doing that when you're like I did that with my mom last year I ordered her Christmas gift in like July because like why like, not well, sorted it's like one thing not to and if you see something like it's a thing I think that's when the gifting for the sake of gifting comes in is because everybody waits till like November and then they're like oh I have to think of Christmas gifts but like if you keep a little like note in your phone and you're like hey what has this person like mentioned like I have so many things and I list my phone specifically for you that I'm like hey what if, I, if I'm stuck what can I pick from I've got <laughs> so many things and it makes it so much easier to gift when you're like oh they mentioned this I'm just gonna like look yeah at I that do that thing all the time can be a bit more intentional yeah and then like in my house I'll always have like extra gifts because I find a lot of people like I said come through town and I like to just have something small for them so this year I'm all about painting bottles of wine and and liquor so I'll I'll be creating a few of those so that I'm oh God, ready so cool. and then like worst case scenario then I have some beautiful bottles of alcohol for the rest of the year like not a big deal and then such a good idea right isn't it i saw i saw a picture a couple months ago and i was like this is so cute and so then i've i've already created my designs i just have to actually do them um so then for my family so my family and tila's family are both quite large like there's three siblings and i all three siblings on both sides have significant others so it's already like a booming affair 
and with my side we do little gifts for each other and now having hugo in the family everyone gets him stuff which just makes me wish i could remember being like baby christmas because imagine the heaps of presents <laughs> but yeah so something small for my mom's sisters and their partners and then for Tilo's side, my husband's side, we've been doing Secret Santa the last few years. And though even, okay, I see a lot of benefits to doing Secret Santa when everyone gets one person and therefore they can get a little bit of a larger gift, but I have a bone to pick with it. So what are your thoughts on Secret Santa? I can't say I love Secret Santa, although at least like you said with Secret Santa, like I'm grateful to be assigned one person to focus on and can, can put thought and like get really specific about gifting for them. But it does also suck when you gift for someone specific in mind and then don't draw their name. Like when you have an idea and you're like, oh, I really hope I get like this person. And then you draw their name and it's like someone that you have no idea what to get for. And then you're either like, okay, do I scam the system and try and do a sneaky swap with someone for the person that I have? Have you done that? I didn't. Um, Whoa. I feel like my family has done that before. I feel like everybody ends up knowing who got who by the... I don't. Event, I like, refuse to um, know and to share. Interesting. I'm yeah, very no, I feel honorable. like I feel like yeah, I would be the person that would try and like do yeah, you a would swap and be like, hey, like just like doing this on like black market deal. Be like, did you get Maggie? And like, can I give you a can I can I give you Tilo? Can you give you a swap? <laughs> like, yeah, and I don't like, want to buy another. Tilo. Yeah, well, like it's just like when you know what the person you, when you or, see yeah. this thing and you're like, this is so perfect for them, but I can't get it for them because I have to get for this person that's my only bone to pick a secret santa but i i would much rather have that specific person to shop for at the very least yeah i 100 percent agree like for me the issue is it feels impersonal in some cases and then you only focus on that one person you're buying for and so you're at your holiday celebration and then you're just kind of focusing on this person who you got a gift and it almost feels like you're leaving everyone else out I'm under the the school of thought that thinks that when you birthday presents should be big, Christmas presents should be tokens. Like when it's somebody's birthday, I like doing like a big present. And then for Christmas, it's like, here, here's something small and cute because I'm buying for 15 other people. So I thought of yeah, you and I love you. I and agree. this is like along those lines. And yeah. the other issue is that many of like the secret Santa generators have wish lists and people, me included, add just add links, <laughs> which like doesn't feel Christmas magic-y to me. And it's I do it, too, because I'm like, OK, if I'm going to have to pick exactly what I want, here's I want these these Birkenstock Boston clog size eight felt taupe. Thank you very much but yeah it's like the the line between like wanting to provide inspiration so that you get things that you need or like want but also being like there's something so impersonal about that it feels like a bank transaction yeah like santa what's your what's your budget please cash in that budget for one of the following items feels just so like even though people want that help like people it's often because people are asking you for like inspiration and ideas there's something about like sharing those ideas that feels so like greedy yeah sometimes but then i'm also like Like, i have a lot of trouble sharing that but i know how helpful it is when someone's stuck yeah okay here's some things that i like but it's like i I always find it's kind of like it doesn't always feel great to share those things if that makes sense yeah and i think also from a financial point of view like you can't 
bash Secret Santa all that much because instead of having to buy for a bunch of people, you know, if you do have a big family or a big group, you don't have to spend as much or like worry about Mm -hmm. figuring out lots of different presents and thinking about all those different people. But when it's like your closest group, like if I just did it with like me, my mom and my sisters and I guess Tilo, then like that's I don't care who I get in that because I know everybody we like it's I've known everybody for life. Like I wonder how like even my mom and my sisters, I don't think they'd be like, oh, oh no, I got Tilo. What on earth could I get him? Tilo's also very easy to shop for. But the the thing that is like as people start to bring in partners and significant others, then it gets to this point where like you feel uncomfortable to get a person like an unproportional gift to your relationship so if you have like a general budget of like 250 or something even though that might be hefty but if it's someone I'm not like close to or I've known or dare I say may not end up in the family and here I am having to buy this exuberant present or like a present within that higher budget because I also don't want to be like here's a box of chocolates I I hope you marry my brother-in-law or my sister-in-law or my, you know, whatever. Yeah. So that also... Yeah, it's a weird... Yeah, is that bad? I do think when people are like... (laughs) When people are like... I'm more so married than like... Or like if they like own a home together. You know, like if they're in like a really settled state of like being together, not like a dating sense, it's almost worth considering whether the secret Santa becomes like... It's hard because if if some people are saying, well, I was just going to say if some people are single, it kind of complicates things. But do you put those people's names on a thing together and get them like a joint something for their home? Oh, like that sucks. Do not group me with Tilo. No, I won't. (laughs) No, no, I like I don't think that's necessarily maybe less so for Secret Santa. But I think sometimes with Christmas gifting, sometimes when it's a couple instead of getting them each something it's almost easier to be like hey here's something for your home that you can enjoy together or like here's like a like a date night that i've like you know that's cute yeah like you can get a couple in experience if you don't know them yeah yeah that's cute yeah and maybe that's more of like a host hostessy kind of vibe yeah gift than a than a christmas gift or like if you're just like popping in to visit and want to like drop something but maybe not so much for secret santa yeah like i think overall secret santa it's not the absolute worst like i feel i'm just waiting for someone to come up with a better option which i can't think of maybe i need to think on it so we can agree that secret santa isn't the absolute worst but i also feel like we can agree that white elephant is for me it should be called useless disappointment yeah, or, like, nobody wanted any of these gifts except for the <laughs> bottle of wine that keeps getting stolen. Like. Okay, so, obviously, I, as per us, as soon as I realized we would be talking about it, I was like, it is time for etymology. And are you ready for this? Are you ready for the best yeah. etymology I think we've had on the show so far? Oh, I'm excited. Okay, so today, the term white elephant denotes any burdensome, expensive, and useless possession that is much more trouble than it is worth. And the origins of the phrase come from Siam, which is modern-day Thailand. So white or very pale elephants were so highly prized that when one was discovered, it immediately became the possession of the king. Such was the reverence held for the animal in Siam that it appeared on the nation's flag until 1917. 
So therefore, white elephant is equated to a useless gift. So, however, the actual elephants themselves were practically useless. As they were deemed to be sacred, they weren't allowed to be worked and required special expensive food and housing, making them a particularly pricey pachyderm. So, the cunning king of Siam, as the story goes, used to give white elephants away to anyone who displeased them or had fallen out of favor, so that they would be forced to spend a fortune keeping the precious animals. The unfortunate recipient of a white elephant would be unable to get rid of it, so the upkeep could technically ruin them financially that's so interesting (laughs) and so and so fitting for those gift exchanges because that's exactly what they usually end up being especially because like it's always like usually white elephants are done when it's like a bigger christmas party or like a work christmas party or something where like you don't really know anyone very well no one wants to set a very like substantial budget because everyone's conscious of like different people's spending limits which is great but then you end up with like a $15 $15 limit or here something. are nine candles and it's like a, here's like a cheap bottle of wine or like a $15 gift card to like wherever I would take Starbucks though or, I would take any gift card yeah that's yeah like I think the gift cards end up being the safe bet but then it just becomes this weird gift card exchange like it's never actually like substantial almost but i thought it was so funny then there's like the two people that actually put proper thought into it nail it and then their gift is just being stolen by other people around the room (laughs) while everyone's just like oh i don't want to end up with this packet of seeds and a gatorade (laughs) bottle it's just you know what we can't talk about white elephants without thinking of the iconic office episode where michael scott brings an ipod which ended up being like 50 times more than their spending limit and I think it had started off as Secret Sand and then they turned it into White Elephant. So then Pam doesn't get Jim's super cute and thoughtful gift. And so that is just, yeah. White elephants are just, yeah. just that. I've I, had that happen to me before, actually. Have you? I've, like, we were assigned a Secret Santa and the day before the host changed it to a white elephant. And I was like, but my gift doesn't make any sense for <laughs> for anybody but the person i bought it for because i actually like put time Thought about into it, it yeah did the person you wanted like, just, it was like get it i don't even rem- i don't even remember how it went i just remember everyone was like what like why are we changing this now yeah that was a long time ago but i that has happened to me before okay so that actually leads me into my next question kind of so what is your favorite part within gifting of the experience you know because you put so much thought into it what do you love about it? is it is it that kind of searching for it or, or what is it yeah I think like I touched on earlier it's like knowing that I found the perfect thing for someone that brings me the most joy when it comes to gifting on the downside like I said I feel like it also means I put a lot of pressure on myself every year so like gifting can be quite like stressful Stressful. as I like try and outdo what I did the year before (laughs) and like I get really frustrated when I can't find a thing that screams that person right then I just feel like what is even the point of me doing this and they're gonna just think that I got like I just like put a lot of like I'm losing my I'm losing my touch yeah and they're gonna think that I didn't care or I didn't put like want to put thought into it which isn't true and like I just like yeah I put a lot of pressure but I love that feeling of like really knowing that someone is gonna love what I got them and like the anticipation of getting to watch them open their gifts like you know 
personally how impatient <laughs> I can be once I found something good. Because, like, if you remember when I brought you your birthday present in, in July, July one year, yeah. even though your birthday's in November, and I was like, <laughs> open it now. Because I was like, that was I so fun. Wait. We were going out. We were, yeah. like, partying in Waterloo, and in comes Kim with my birthday gift. I was like, what? <laughs> so yeah. I still I, lo- I still remember that gift, actually. It was a book, or part of the gift was a book of words, or, like, feelings and thoughts that there's no word for, but, like, really nice ones. And, and it's, like, the feeling when you watch your husband peel a tangerine for you, or, you know, those, like, unexplainable feelings. And I still have yeah, that book. Like I love words. it. Yeah, it wasn't words. Know. It was like phrases with no or words. Phrases something. that have no words attached. Yeah, yeah. Them, yeah. Shot glasses. Those yes. Shot glasses too. I think. Yeah. Which. Yeah, and yeah, I just remember being like the green I can't and brown wait ones. Yeah. Okay. November, and I can be like that with Christmas gifts too, where I wrap them and like I, I'm the like annoying person on Christmas morning that like will go down to like open presents around the Christmas tree and I'll like pick up my gift for each person and, br- and hand them to them and be like open this first like I'm like I can't enjoy myself do you open you all open your, your presents present. on Christmas day yes that's so funny we yeah. only open gifts from Santa on Christmas day everything else gets open on the 24th it's a Polish tradition oh, yeah that's interesting yeah when you see the yeah, first star yeah when you see the first star oh. you're allowed to open your presents right so we'd be like outside it's like go 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 yeah I see it <laughs> my dad's like no you don't <laughs> It's cloudy. I'm like, I swear to God, I saw there was a momentary lapse in the clouds. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people too, I don't know if it's a British tradition, but I think there's a big tradition around gifting a new pair of pajamas on Christmas Eve. And yeah, that's the one huge. gift you get to open is like new, which I, I like that. Also, I think there's like a Swedish, maybe not Swedish, it's like a Nordic tradition of some sort where you gift a book. Everyone gets a book on Christmas Eve and then you spend the evening all like curled up reading your new books. And I also really love that. Yeah, Yeah, I love that. I'm like, yeah, give me a book and then we'll just like quietly sit around like with the fire going and like read for a little bit. See, Um, I'm I'm like a, let's play charades. Let's play some sort of- My charades is my nightmare. I love it. It was so funny, actually. Side tangent, my friend here, she got special privileges for me in New Zealand to come and work from her office while I'm here. So, like, I can get, like, a guest key card and come and work from their, their kind of Can we name your friend? Are we allowed to name your friend? I feel like if you're living there, we can yes, shout her L- out. Lindsay. Yeah. We love yeah. Lindsay. So, Lindsay, <laughs> yeah, Lindsay got me permission to work from her office. And so, sometimes I've, like, gone in and one day we were going away for the weekend and there was like a work social thing that we had to like she had to turn up to and then we were going to leave straight from there so I came to the work social at like four <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon and they were playing charades and then they were I was just kind of like leave. hanging out like no I was like hanging out like just like drinking my water and like you know being there and then they were like your turn and I was like this is my nightmare like I don't go here it's fine and like luckily it was charades and Pictionary combined so I went the Pictionary route because that one I could I could I could do but the yeah charades I was like I don't even we go need here. to get you to work here. through this because I feel this is the the if you want to hey, know like you the know yin and yang of our relationship it gets down to to live theatrical performances and of stand-up and or improv and or on the spot just kim just even even if i'm like you know Kim, what? smile for the picture she's like, <laughs> like 
No, listen, (laughs) listen to the growth that I've had while I've been here though, because not only have I, I, another thing that triggers this like performance anxiety is sending voice notes (laughs) and I have been, I, I hate it and I have been sending voice notes. I have been trying to get better at sending voice notes to people instead of like writing essays of text. Um, so I, I did a couple voice of those notes. the other day, which was big, but also my friend Lindsay, while we were here, we've been like on this, um, mission to, there's like a chain of coffee houses called Raglan Roast here. And they're actually the, interestingly, the guys that founded Volcom, like the surf brand also founded Raglan Roast. That's cool. And it works on a really cool payment system where like you can go in and buy a coffee and it's like quite cheap, good coffee. But there's also books at every store and you can pre-buy coffees and just keep a little tally. Like it works on just like an honor system. So if you like, you can pay a coffee forward. You can be like, I owe money for a coffee and they'll actually just give you the coffee and you can just write a note in the book that you owe them for one coffee. And like you just self-manage your own tab, which obviously causes like losses for them but it's a really cool system that was developed because surfers didn't always have their wallets on them um anyways very cool but there's like a number of locations in wellington and um one like Lindsay's friend was quite opinionated that one of them was the best location and I was like well I'm gonna like go and review all of these (laughs) locations and I'll tell you if it's the best one or not and so I've been working from them but that spiraled into Lindsay being like we should perform a presentation, like a slide deck (laughs) presentation for our friends here of the history of Raglan Roast Coffee and the each location and its merits. And like, oh, I'll send you the slide. I'll send you the slide. We wore blazers. Like it was like a very formal thing. And that's how I know all this stuff about like the founders of Volcom and this like honor system with the book. And like we put in just like a frightening amount of effort to it in terms of like rating. And we wrote haikus about each location (laughs) and performed them for everybody. And like nobody asked for it. It was like our three friends sitting on the couch being like, like, what are we getting into? We so have funny. Choreogra- a choreographed like um, delivery of the presentation <laughs> and like split. And then there was calls to action at the end to be like, there's 11 locations in New Zealand and we feel that we should go to them all, including, you know, like a pilgrimage to the original location, yeah. which is in Raglan and all this stuff. And anyway, so that I feel was a good, that was a good test to my performance anxiety to be able to to do that and put on, put on a bit of a show in our our blazers in our friend's (laughs) living room with our slide deck. But I still can't put Kim on the spot to say something on the podcast because then I'm cutting things for 15 minutes when she's just refusing She's ready to hang up the call and and end the booth. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, we we literally had this conver. I had this conversation with Lindsay when we were doing that presentation because she was like, "Can you do a news anchor voice?" And I was like, "I don't know if I can do that." <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Anyways. But yeah, anyways, such a side tangent. But I have been working on it. But okay, now a question for you. Back to gifting. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think makes a good gift? And like, are you in the school of thought that a gift should be something someone needs, or like, where do you stand on that? Mm, I'm a little torn. Like, I think I like the idea of a gift being a treat, something someone wouldn't necessarily buy themselves. Almost like a guilty pleasure. They don't want to indulge because it's pricey, or they're trying to totally. be responsible. 
But at the same time, when you get a practical gift or something you actually need, there's a gift of not having to spend your own money. And that's a good one. So the answer is that I just like write down what people say they love and try to balance it with something that they might need in a very practical sense and kind of there's like a rule of thumb for kids it's like get them something to read get them something to buy get them something they want get them something to learn from like different ways of setting up gifts and I think that's you know if it gets down to it I'm more something that you wouldn't maybe buy yourself that's like more of a treat if that makes sense and like Mm -hmm. even leading up this holiday season too I've been seeing a lot of you know those like infographics that people post on their stories which just drive me nuts I can't stand them but it's like normalizing like you should normalize this holiday season secondhand gifts experience gift etc etc look what is your take on 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 that whole not infographics their message (laughs) because my reaction's only to the infographics i can't stand yes uh, yeah i agree with the infographics and like when you see like one person share something and all of a sudden eight other people in your like network share the same thing you're like i think we all saw this from the same place and we maybe all didn't need it just always feels very performative to me and like um popular opinion but there's a lot of spotify raps and i'm like i like what people like a lot of people sent us in the school of like liking people's spotify like i i did when everyone shares their spotify raps it actually doesn't bother me like i'm not like oh my god i'm so interested but i i actually do find them kind of like entertaining yeah especially when they're really weird there's just a lot of them i just i like to maybe when they're not the whole thing like the top albums or i'm interested in how many minutes people have listened to because my numbers are very high and that's always a curiosity point for me because i'm like wow you i listen to music five days a week all day so like it's in, and then on weekends even more so it's crazy that somebody's beating like how is that possible you know so yeah i'm surprised that apple hasn't because i i don't use spot i have spotify and i do listen to it with ads sometimes depending on like what i'm in the mood to listen to and if i'm looking to like find new music but um i'm surprised apple music hasn't like come out with like with their own version of that of you rap, can see yeah. your like top songs but then i had this like last year i went to see what my top song was and i had like i'd say so of my top 10 songs like two to ten were like very much in like a fitting genre of what you would expect for me like it was like you know like first aid kit and like these like folky alternative yeah. like indie kind of vibes and then my number one song by a landslide was whole lot of money by bia and Nicki minaj <laughs> which was just like i just had a real moment with it for like i want to say august through october and i listened to <laughs> it all the time and and then it was just like so not the song you would think would be my number one and then people would be like oh what was your like top played song last year and I'd have to be like whole lot of money by Bia and Nicki Minaj and then be like wait what um so like yeah like Hugo yeah Hugo loved Encanto and he still loves Encanto playlist and so that kind of skewed mine because like my out of my top like five four of them were from the Encanto album so that kind of skewed it for me but anyways okay back to the messages of the infographics of like secondhand gifts and experience gifts and you know made gifts custom whatever What, what do you think of that yeah I love experience gifts like if I could only gift people experiences for the rest of time I would yeah um sometimes it's just like there isn't something that's feasible that is happening at that time right. when you're gifting yeah. it feels like the right fit but I think experiences are the most impactful and memorable gifts and it's something you get to enjoy a lot of the time with the person like when I gift experiences I try and give things like that we can do together versus like here's two tickets take 
someone you want to, like I like include myself <laughs> yeah. in that I'm and, and pay you. for my own ticket like I, even though it ends up like doubling my gift cost expense, or, but, I but don't you get the experience yeah, yeah because I'm going too so like that to me that's not part of the gift like that's just for myself and like I'm taking you and <laughs> then I don't know it's just so much better so I've done a lot of like concert gifts as as gifts or like I'll do like spa and brunch days with my mom quite often and like things like that where it's just nice and then you like think back and you remember that day together and like that experience and I think that, that means a lot more but like in terms of thrifted gifts, I don't think there's anything wrong with secondhand gifting for sure. I just think it's a little bit of a different approach in some ways. Like it's a bit more of a treasure hunt on the part of the gifter to really gift secondhand well. But if you're up for the challenge, then like why not find like the perfect thrifted purse for someone or scour an old record shop for a vinyl of their favorite yeah. album and have it framed. And like, I'm also a big fan of gifting a book you've read and that you think that that person would also love and like highlighting a quote in it and leaving like a little note for them in the margin Cute. of like, this reminded <laughs> me of you or like, yeah. oh, like, you know, something like that. Um, and then when they read it, they kind of discover it later and secondhand books can be kind of a great option for that. Yeah, um, oh, that's so cute. But yeah, there's something about secondhand gifting and knowing that they also couldn't have gotten it for themselves, like really anywhere there's else. A thrill that's there. really special yeah. that it's like, oh, this is this is really just a gift for you. This isn't something that I like went to like the bay and picked up. It's <laughs> like I don't know why that's the store that popped into my head, but like, yeah. I don't know. What about you? What are your thoughts? No, I love it. I kind of spoiled one of my gifts for Kim this year because I wanted to share it on my socials. But basically, I was on Facebook Marketplace and I saw this box of like stamps, papers and coins for nine dollars and look like a small box. And as we all know, Kim does a lot of journaling and I thought, oh, this would be so cute to create like a little journal paper type gift with like a bunch of scraps that you could eventually use. And you're still getting something from that, but you don't know the contents of it. And I'm very impressed with myself and I'll make you really, really happy. And I'm so excited. <laughs> like, I, that's my favorite. Like I, I got, you can order kind of stuff like that on Etsy sometimes. And my mom did something like that a couple of years ago where she like, it was like some like antique papers and stuff yeah. like that. And I like treasure them. Like I'm like, only the best journaling yeah. spreads get these <laughs> these vintage papers everything else is like magazine scraps and exactly stuff like that. yeah but so that's that's oh, part so one excited. and then her second gift i'm actually making for example um because like the original cost several several thousands of dollars and I'm very confident that it's going to be a cost-effective DIY, which is going to put the original product to shame. But yeah, no, I'm very much for it. Like, I think it's not for everyone. Like, sometimes it's just easier. But like, I do think that for those people that hold more of a special part in your life, then you have almost like a flexibility where the time that you put into it will feel like really rewarding. Because imagine like you did it for like... I don't know, like if I made a handmade gift for girls in my ballet class, you know, that would just feel so wrong somehow. Whereas like I'm not that close with anybody. But if I was like if I got little gift cards or something, then that's it's appropriate to the relationship. And I think that these other types of gifts are really good for those more personable, closer relationships that you have. Yeah. 
Yeah. Totally. So that's my final say there. <laughs> oh my god, I can't wait. I'm so excited. I guess that wraps up this section uh-huh. of our podcast. Wraps. Uh-huh. So, wraps. <laughs> <laughs> so with without further ado. Dun, 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 undo the film. <laughs> well, that was I like that. It was very like church belly. It, yeah. It reminded me it was very Christmassy. Exactly. Okay, so it was deep in into uh, TIL which TIL Capital is today I learned on Reddit thread this week. And I read this story that really warmed my heart and it just perfectly connected with this gifting episode. So I knew I wanted to include it. So we all know and love Bill Murray. And if you don't, (laughs) and you're thinking, which one is he exactly? Think Ghostbusters, Groundhog Day, and a personal favorite of mine called What About Bob, which is probably... I have not seen What About Bob, and it's, like, on my list. It's been on my list for, like, a decade. Kim, it's so one of my top, over the holidays. top, top... No, no, no. It's one of my top comedy movies ever, but it's a summer movie. Oh, but okay, you can watch it because you're in summer. Okay, you, everybody here can't watch it until the summer because it's a complete and utter summer movie. You can't watch it Is it on it's a cold. streaming platform? I'm know? not sure. I haven't looked for it. Like, I have a hard copy of it, so... But it gets oh, popped okay. into the... Anyways. I was going to say, maybe I could download it for my flight home. But anyways, continue. No, not because you're coming back to Christmas. You can do it on your flight back there. I'll get it for you. Put it on USB. Anyways, here's the story. Okay. So, Bill Murray got into a taxi in Oakland, California. And the taxi driver happened to mention that he was a saxophone player. Murray said, well, when do you practice? And the cabbie said, I drive 14 hours a day. And so he asked, okay, well, where's your sax? And the cab driver replied in the trunk. So Murray then told the cabbie, pull over and get in the back. I know how to drive a car. So not only did Bill Murray drive this car, but he drove it for so long that the saxophone cab driver was able to play all the way to Salsalito, which is a really long way away from Oakland. And they stopped, they got a barbecue, and then he went on to play in what some would call a sketchy weird place in Oakland at 2.15 in the morning. And Bill Murray was like, relax, man, you've got the horn. We're cool. And it was a great and it made for a beautiful night. And I just thought, what a gift to give someone, (laughs) you know, who loves to play saxophone as a saxophone player to be like, I'm just going to spend my day with you. And this was the day before the Toronto Film Festival when Bill Murray was coming to Canada. And so it just happened to be this this whole evening he spent with this cab driver listening to him play saxophone while he drove the car that's so have you seen the bill murray stories like the documentary no i haven't on netflix oh you should yeah it used to be on netflix you should watch it because it's like bill murray is like notorious for stuff like that like he has shown up to people's house parties and they found him in the kitchen doing dishes and they're like uh Bill Murray and he's like yeah hi like he he has gone and bartended at random places like he is such a mysterious strange man and like there's all these very similar to that story bizarre stories of him just like showing up places or like inserting himself in situations or like like people will be playing pickup soccer and then all of a sudden he'll just join the game I love and, like, that. be playing with them. And anyways, there's a documentary that basically went and found all these people that had these stories about Bill Murray and interviewed them about their experiences with him and these like weird moments where he's cropped up. Yeah. And, and you it's know what? I'll wrap up. Fa- this, it's fascinating. I'll wrap up this episode by saying the real gift of the holiday season is Bill Murray. True. <laughs> True. And any and any Wes Anderson movie that he's in. <laughs> So that does conclude episode 45, Gifty Thrifty Girls. 
<laughs> and if you're listening on Spotify, make sure to follow us. If you're listening on Apple Music, make sure to leave us a rating and review so that other people can find us. And if you're not already following us on Instagram, you can find us at at Wits and Podcast. And while you're there, why not share one of our posts so that uh, other people in your networks can discover us and laugh along because we all know how much everyone in the world will enjoy listening to this podcast. Yeah, give the gift of that Wits End podcast. <laughs> give the gift. Yeah, give the gift of At Wits End this year by <laughs> sharing a link with one of your friends to your favorite episode. Um, and until next time for our season finale. Bye. Bye-bye.